Welcome to episode 5 of the We Can See You Sneaking Out podcast. Episode 5 this week is with Dan, a Sutton United fan. Again, not a fashionable team perhaps, and Sutton only made it to the Football League for the first time a couple of years ago, but Dan has been following them a long time and has some really different experiences given the levels that they have played at. I love the fact that Dan has followed Sutton so passionately for so many years, given the number of bigger teams in the London area, and it sounds like Sutton is a great club to be a part of that really values its fans. His stories include some funny tales involving several beers and overnight stays. Um, this weekend is Easter weekend. I hope you all have a great weekend, whatever you're doing. It's a great weekend for football. Good Friday today, so I'm sure some of you have probably been at a game this afternoon. Um, if you've won means you can enjoy the rest of your weekend if you've lost then at least you don't have to wait too long until the next match unfortunately i've not been at a game today but i am going to hospitality at altrincham versus gateshead on monday um, which i'm really looking forward to a uh, national league fixture a uh, local non-league club to me and it's a complimentary bar before the game so i'll let you know how all that goes next week we do have episodes coming up soon with Birmingham, Coventry, Sheffield United and Cardiff fans, so starting to move slightly more north compared to our guests so far, and teams that have played at slightly higher level as well. I'm really trying to get in as many different teams on here as possible to get a wide range of stories that everyone can relate to. Um, thanks again to everyone who has been listening. I'm really enjoying making these podcasts, so hopefully you can continue to enjoy listening to them. Um, as always, please get involved by following us on Twitter at we can see you pod or emailing us at we can see you sneaking out at gmail.com enjoy episode five take care and i'll speak to you all next week Okay, welcome to another episode of the We Can See You Sneaking Out podcast. This week I'm joined by Dan, who is a Sutton fan. Dan, welcome. Evening. Hi, thanks so much for um, for coming on. Looking forward to hearing your stories about travelling to watch uh, Sutton. I believe you're also involved in uh, writing a blog for Sutton, is that right? Yeah, we. Uh, I started a blog many, many years ago, about 1998. Did it for okay. 10 years. Uh, then knocked it on the head and then was dragged back, kicking and screaming back to do it in about mid-2012. Right. Um, and now they've all buggered off and left me alone again. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, 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 it's been going about 20 years with a, a small hiatus in the middle. But right. yeah, it's, so, just, it's just basically the, the the adventures of just following Sutton and I'm just home and away, really. Yeah, excellent. Great. Well, I'll, um, there'll be a link in the description below for anyone who wants to... Um, to check that out and i guess that leads nicely on to the first question that i have for you which is how did you come about supporting sutton um I, well i grew up in the in the 80s um and my my folks are both from up north my mum's from manchester my dad's from oldham they moved south for work i was born down here my dad was into rugby league he was a rugby league semi-pro so whilst he likes football we didn't really have a, a team as such he's a man united fan now but um so i got into football and he didn't really sort of know what the score was down here uh it just so happened that my godfather who uh, was uh, when they got married uh he he turned out he was an arsenal fan um, and he'd stopped going because of the way things were at the time in the 80s 
um, and he'd started doing the, the rounds of all the local sort of non-league semi-pro sides. Um, so it was kind of like, can you take Dan and get him to watch some football and just get him out from under our feet? Um, and so that's that's what we did. We, we just went around all the different uh, non-league clubs around here. Um, they all happened to be pretty terrible at the time as well. Um, so I think we went to about four games and we didn't see the home team score. They all got beat. They're all doing terribly in the league. Um, and then finally, uh, it was like, you know, they'd always, they'd always talk about the Sutton locally because they had a couple of strikers who were scoring silly amounts of goals at the time. I was like, why can't we go and watch them? So eventually they were at home. We got to see them walk through the turnstiles a couple of minutes after kickoff. And uh, within about 30 seconds, uh, this guy, Mickey Joyce, who was a, a legendary goal scorer for the club and is still around to this day, uh, he, all over the top, he just ran through, rounded the keeper and rolled it in. By the, between the time we'd walked from the turnstiles to the sort of the barrier behind the goal. So we'd seen more goals in 30 seconds than we'd seen in about four or five other games. <laughs> um, and it just kind of, yeah, I just, I just preferred the because the, they're actually a decent side as well at the time. They'd been to Wembley the year before in the trophy final. Um, so it was, yeah, a bit of a glory hunter, I guess. <laughs> if you can say that for that level. So what what, much. what um So what league were they playing in at that time? Um, it's the Isthmian League, which at the time was the sixth tier. Step six. Uh, yeah, so they, was, uh, they had the old, what was the old Alliance Premier above it. Yeah. And then obviously the Football League. Um, so yeah, at the time they were like two steps below the Football League. Okay. And whereabouts is Sutton for those people who don't know? Uh, Southwest London. Um, if you're looking on a map, find either Wimbledon or Croydon and sort of trace your finger across and we're pretty much between, halfway between the two. Okay. And so I, I guess I'm wondering, you know, what, what sort of larger teams are in that area? So you've mentioned Wimbledon there. Yeah, uh, well, obviously when I was a kid, Wimbledon were on their way up. Um, Crystal Palace have always been a decent-sized side around here. Um, although there's not, I don't, don't never seem to have been fabulously supported this side coming away from Croydon for some reason. I think it's more sort of Croydon going into Kent that they seem to have their fan base. Round yeah. here's always round here's always been uh, a Chelsea, really. Right. Okay. So, how old were you when you first started? When you first started following Sutton, what age was that? Um, let's see, I've been eighty-one, eighty-two. So, I'd have been about eight years old when we first okay. came along. So, I guess I'm wondering what it was like, because I guess there can't have been many Sutton fans at that time. Um, um, they were they were ticking along, getting sort of same as ever, really, for about four or five hundred at home, I think. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's just a. That's always been the problem with going to Greenland. It's always this mass because it used to be an old athletic stadium, yeah, it's a big open kind of ground. So it's easy to lose, even with sort of you know these days with three, four thousand, it still doesn't look quite full. <laughs> oh yeah, so I guess I'm wonder. I was wondering what it was like at school. I guess if there's lots of Chelsea fans <laughs> or Arsenal fans and you're turning up as a Sutton fan, were you in the minority? Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, all, all the kids all the kids those days were either, well, they were all Liverpool fans back then. 
as, as, as you know, as they were the the, the the glory hunters when I was a kid. Whereas yeah. what the generation afterwards obviously had to put up with Man United. So, mm. but you know, you had most, you had a few Chelsea and a, a few kind of the, the odd Palace fan or, or the odd Arsenal Spurs. But it was usually like uh, their parents or an older brother or something like that that was the influence there. But yeah, it was pretty rare to be a. Uh, just a, a Sutton fan. Um, you might have the old kid who might go to and watch Cos Shorten down the road as well, but yeah. they would be predominantly a supporter of someone else, really. Amazing. And so then after that first match where you saw that that goal, the first win, um, is that when you started going regularly? Um, we, we just kept doing the rounds, really, as we had done before, but uh, again, more because Sutton was were on their way up. They were starting to build a really, really good side at the time. Um, and what turned out to be a, a fantastic team going it through sort of the mid-80s to the late 80s. Um, so we, we started going there more when they were at home. Um, but we'd, we'd, we'd occasionally pop up at sort of places like Banstead or because they they'd have a little clubhouse. And if my dad came along, he'd be able to sit and have a pint where I could just wander outside and watch the game or... You know, you go and see, we, we saw Carl Shorten a couple of times. We went to Tooting a couple of times. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a mix. Didn't really solidly start going to Sutton until about follow, sort of midway through the following season. Okay. Okay, and can you remember then your first away game following Sutton? And I guess, again, it would have changed somewhat in the... Certainly in more recent history, as they've moved into the Football League, I guess you're now travelling further, but I assume that at that time it was a lot more local. Um, yeah, you had, you kind of had sort of a circular, circular of Coshalton. It was either Coshalton, Tooting, Kingstonian, Bromley, Dulwich, that kind of area was, they were always in and around. If someone went down, someone, one of the others would be up replacing them. I think my first away game was probably uh, a Tooting game. Over their old Sandy Lane ground, I think, if I remember correctly. Okay, and can you remember anything about that day? Not, not a thing. <laughs> I remember the ground. I do remember the ground because I didn't get. They went down. I think it was that season or the season afterwards. So we only ever really got to go there once, and because they were our normal Boxing Day game at around right. that time, and we'd all be back up north seeing relatives. Right. So Christmas, I didn't really get to see us play at Boxing Day till. Um, well, until I was about 17, 18, when I could afford my own travel back uh, on Christmas Day. If we had a local derby, I'd travel back. Right. So, so yeah, it was. Uh, I went there again in a in a League Cup game a few years later as a as a teenager, and the ground hadn't changed a bit. This big old proper non-league, uh, what you would sort of think of as a proper non-league ground with a big wooden stand down one side. Yeah. And then just three sides of a big concrete kind of stepped bowl and just grass verges behind it. And that was it. No cover, no, no, no. barriers, nothing. It was just. Yeah. And I guess there would have been stipulations, wouldn't there for the grounds at that level. Um, so a bit more, I guess, than a, a park or a, a local field, but still. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, You'd usually dip into that kind of stuff in things like the Surrey Cup. You'd get to go to, I know, somewhere like Nethern, up on, up out you know, by Banstead, and uh, you go to places like Adelston and things like that. And they would be proper county league sides where it'd be clubhouse, 
and a, a railing around the pitch and yeah. a set of goals and that's pretty much it. But yeah, but then, you know, you'd go to places like Tooting in Dulwich, the old Champion Hill ground where they were, they were in comparison, sort of Wembley Stadium, really. <laughs> so what were they, what were those grounds like? Um, they all, whenever you did go to these places, they all did seem to have that same template big that big low kind of wooden stand down one side and and just blocks of terracing or banks you know a lot of them still had grass banks um with just a concrete path between that and the and the and the pitch the perimeter fence so so yeah i mean it's you went to places like uh the old gravesend ground now graves uh, now ebsfleet that was the same just the, the, the tried and tried and tested sort of formula of mm. uh, big stand, three terraces, and that was it. <laughs> and then a, a, usually a clubhouse tagged on the back. Yeah. Okay. That's great. And then you mentioned that obviously, as you got a bit older and you started to get your own money, you maybe started going more frequently. Mm. So what did that look like then, as you were sort of becoming an adult? How did that? How did your sort of experiences change in terms of going to going to watch them? Um, from about 11 or 12, because I had a bit more pocket money, was doing paper rounds and stuff. Um, I could now afford to just kind of jump on the coach. And if it was somewhere relatively local and I wouldn't be back too late, uh, my folks were okay with me jumping on that. And by that point as well, uh, I was into high school. Hmm. And one of my best mates at high school, uh, another guy called Dan, um, his grandparents were sort of vice presidents at the club, which is basically a season ticket with a, a private bar attached to it. Um, and their and their son, um, who was his uncle, uh, he, he'd go, he went a lot as well when he could. He'd moved kind of out of the area, but was still coming back a lot for football. So right. occasional away games, he'd, if he was on, he'd chaperone us as well, make sure we didn't get into any mischief. Um, so, yeah, just kind of evolved from there, really, on the coach, as you do as a kid. Uh, and then, you know, it, it, sort of eight, late eight, mid to late 80s, the, the side, they won the, the, the Isthmian League back-to-back two years running. Okay. Um, finally took promotion into the, the what was the net in the conference. And then you, you're on the coach going to, kind of places like, you know, Runcorn, Boston, uh, God, Yeovil, uh, Wickham, you know, all these, these big sort of non-league clubs yeah. um, as an away supporter. That's great. Uh, and, and so, yeah. So um, when that happens, so that was into like the National League as it is now. Yeah. Yeah, that's what the, uh, yeah, the National League was. Yeah. And as you said, with that comes maybe some bigger grounds maybe some more impressive facilities yeah. uh, um, can you remember going to a ground and thinking wow this is sort of different level did it feel like there was a step up in terms of going to to those grounds or those teams um yeah i mean you'd go to places like wickham and yeovil and they were very like i say that familiar kind of template yeah but with a lot more people in it and you could see where they were adding, and they were obviously had ambition and were trying to, with this new conf, this, the new Vauxhall Conference, trying to get into, had ambitions of football, you know, being a football league club. Um, and then you go to places like Boston that were just wow, because it would just be big. Um, it was, it, that was probably one of the first 
big sort of football grounds I went to with Sutton. It was like crowds of about three and a half, four thousand they were getting at the time. Nice. Long, old, a long old trip up to Lincolnshire on the coach and you'd pull up and you've got this massive old, like what you would probably look at. I mean, it's still there. They've not done, they've not demolished it yet. Um, but it's just got these big, those big, huge sort of flat back stands, big, uh, the big old uh, Meccano kind of floodlights on each, one in each corner. Um, yeah. And big crowds like a stand, you know, seating stand, but it had a terrace paddock in front of it. It was a, a, a proper, you know, you got there and you, you were in no doubt that it was a, a proper football stadium. So yeah, you got to go to places like that as well. Just yeah. a bit of an eye opener. Yeah, okay. And how many fans were Sutton taken to places like that? Um, you'd usually have a full coach and then you'd have a few people who'd, who'd tag along and drive um, as well. So probably depending on the distance, I guess, anywhere between that 50 on the coach and maybe another 40, 50 in cars and things like that. Yeah, and what was that like? Because I guess, you know, particularly if you're going to places like Boston or Wickham and Yeovil and there is, you know, thousands of home fans, but only maybe 50 to 100 away fans. How, mm. how was that? Uh, interesting. Yeah, it was <laughs> uh, quite quite intimidating because Sutton, Sutton was at the time a very kind of just a, a quiet suburban little uh, former amateur club, really, you know, they, they were quite forward thinking in a lot of ways, but um, <clears throat> just, yeah, we didn't have a massive support because basically where we are and everything that's around us, you know, even back then you could be in London in inside an hour and be going to Fulham or Chelsea, or you could get jump on a bus and be in Palace, you know, it was easy or go to Wimbledon, you know, it was easy to go and watch a, bit, a bigger standard of football. So when you got to these places that were, they were proper, they're local football club yeah, yeah. it was uh, it, it could be quite intimidating there's a couple of interesting trips to uh yeovil in the in the in the isthmian league title winning seasons um okay there and there was like four thousand people four five thousand people in the granular jesus yeah so yeah it was uh, it was certainly eye-opening certainly yeah. when you saw 15 16 <laughs> and you've been watching yeah. this kind of slightly twee non-league stuff and it was a, a bit of a step up yeah <laughs> that's funny and then did you did you actually go to any of the sort of the bigger ground like the premier league grounds you know in that time um not not in the 80s more when i got sort of again when i was working when i left school sort of early 90s started doing a bit more of my own sort of my own thing um yeah i'd, I'd go to the odd game um if, it, if there was an odd match on a on a sunday or for some reason or something um, like I say, I knew guys who uh, went to Palace a couple of times, a couple of schoolmates who were Palace fans. Um, my cousin what followed Oldham a fair bit uh, from back up north. Uh, and if they were in London and Sutton were away and I couldn't get to it, um, he'd, uh, he'd we'd meet somewhere and we'd go and watch Oldham play. So got to go to like Stamford Bridge pre redevelopment when it was the big oval ends and things yeah. like that so yeah got to, got to go to the odd odd couple of grounds okay um, sort of that way as well so we get to see and obviously we were still going up north for christmas um and we if you know we badgered the old man enough but by this point my younger brother's also really getting into football as well so yeah a couple of couple of christmas but if you know whoever was at home united city yeah. um, or oldham or someone like that we'd uh 
we get we go along, try and go along to that and see a game there. Okay, but at that point you sort of so you're visiting these maybe bigger grounds, but you, it sounds like you're fully invested in supporting Sutton. So was there ever a point where you thought actually I wouldn't mind coming to these bigger grounds more regularly? What was it that kept kept you coming back to Sutton? Um, I just think because Sutton was kind of by that point, it was, you know, I didn't know any different. That was my team. Um, I mean, everyone sort of used to ask, well, why do you watch non-league football? And it's like, well, I just watch football. It's that's my, it's just that my team happens to play at that level. Yeah. And that's just, you know, that's the, that's the hand I got dealt. So I stuck with it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was occasionally good. We, during the nineties as well, a couple of guys, a couple of mates went to sort of every England home game. So started doing a lot of those as well at Wembley, the old Wembley. Okay. Um, so I was, I, I think I was doing enough to get my big football fix. Yeah. But, I could still do Sutton pretty much week in, week out and just follow my team. Yeah. I think it's great. And I've said, you know, on previous episodes, I'm a big advocate of non-league football and actually regardless of the level that you play in that, you still, you know, your support is means just as much, doesn't it? You still have admiration mm. for the players, even if you do maybe, even if they are sort of part-time or, you know, they're not superstars, that that doesn't really change whatever level, level you're at. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's that kind of uh, sense of kind of closeness and community is is one thing. I think people who aren't used to non-league football and aren't used to going to that level, watching that level of football, um, I think that does generally sometimes surprise them that, you know, you'll be in the bar afterwards, have a pint, and the players will be in there. Yeah. You know, and you, you can chat to that fullback that you've been, you know, who's had a nightmare all day and you've been coating him off for 90 minutes. You yeah. can buy him a pint and say, sorry about that, mate. And it's, it's just the way it is. You know, it's, it's, I mean, a friend, a guy at work, he was, we were out Thursday night for a leaving do and he was, his missus brother has just started playing for Ramsgate in the uh, Isthmian, I think it's Southern division. And he's, he's, he's an Arsenal fan, but it's right. 70 quid to go to a game. He hasn't got a season ticket. So he started popping along to watch Ramsgate as well. So, and he, he said, actually the standards, not that bad. And he said, this, you know, it's a tidy little setup. You can have a pint by the pitch and everybody knows everyone. And, you know, it's, it's just a, a really good little atmosphere. So, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it's something, I mean, it's not for everybody, but I think, I think when, when a, people who are genuinely just into football go, they tend to be pleasantly surprised a lot of the time. Yeah. And we'll maybe talk in, in a little bit about, obviously, the rise of Sutton and how that your experiences might have changed now they are mm. sort of full-time in the Football League. Can you, I'm, I'm just wanted to ask then, thinking of those early days, is there a particular ground that you used to really look forward to going to or is, is there a particular away day that sticks in your head for any reason? Um, oh, God. Um... Yeah, there was a, it was a, it was in the, oh God, which cup run was it? I think it was the 89 cup run when we ended up playing Coventry. Uh, the, in the qualifying round, I think it was fourth qualifying, we played uh, Walton and Hersham. Okay. Um, in a, in a midweek replay, we'd drawn uh, at our place um, and we had to go back over there on a Tuesday night. Um, and it was kind of like, that was, that away game, the coach was completely packed. There was, and they messed up the seats. So me and a mate from school decided to go. And literally we ended up sitting on the back row. There wasn't a full row of seats. It was like a little, I don't know what it was, just like a little uh, gap uh, with a, a, a 
kind of like a, just a flat surface, really. And I ended up sitting on that because that was literally the only seat left. My mate Tony was sat all the way down on the front row next to <laughs> Jane, the old girl who used to run the run the coaches at the time, which he was really happy about. Um, and all the all the reprobates who sat at the back of the coach um, just were good as gold. Took me on, took the piss out of me all night. Um, but you know, were really cool, really friendly, looked after us, and a lot of those guys I ended up sort of being hanging around with and going to watch games with sort of from there for, from, you know, once you get to know people uh, properly, you know, they know you're not just some kid who's just tagging along and they mm. you impress them with your, uh, your, your knowledge and, <laughs> and, and, and your, and your, uh, your, where you've been and et cetera to watch them. Then, you know, it gets you in and yeah. Yeah. So that probably that game, cause that was the first time I, really kind of spent time with a, a lot of people who ended up being quite uh, quite a large part of uh, traveling away with Sutton for many years afterwards. That's a great. So they, they have like a, not a firm as such, but I guess a group of a group of fans who go to every game. Because I guess, again, because there's not a huge amount of you go and you will get to know mm. people and see oh, the yeah, same definitely. people at, at each game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all the all the diehards. <laughs> so then, when they made it into the national league, what year was that? When they first made it into? Uh, first one was eight. Uh, they won won the Isthmian in eighty four, eighty five. Turned it down because they weren't quite ready ground wise. Okay. Um, and everyone thought that was it. That would that would be the peak of that side. Uh, and they went out and won it again the following year. Uh, having done the the work they needed to do on the ground, and that time they accepted it. So it had been about eighty six, eighty seven, I think, was the first season as a right. conference team. And you mentioned you touched on it a little bit earlier, but again, because it's not a huge amount of people, and the level that you play in, actually, you know, you were able to get some exposure to the players in the bar afterwards. Um, so, you know, how was that as a as a fan being able to actually, you know, interact with the players? Quite easily, um, I guess. It's, it's, that's, again, that's coming back to just it being a, a kind of a bit of a non-league thing. Yeah. I guess in football league, you have to be in hospitality or the blue room or whatever they call it to sort of come across players. Whereas at yeah, that level, it's quite, it was, it still, still is pretty common that they might not drink as much now because a lot of the lads take it way more seriously. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the, the lads will be in there after the game, having their pint, having a smoke. Um <laughs> And you know, you just get to get to know these guys who, uh, and at the, at the time, you know, some some lads were not massively older than me. Um, mm. You know, all doing regular jobs. Uh, you know, you had your usual mix of bricklayers and plumbers and, and the odd bank manager and things like that. And it was, um, yeah, it was it was always good, always interesting that you could talk to them as well about how games had gone and get it kind of get a feel and a bit of knowledge from their side as well about yeah. how they felt the game had gone, how they felt they'd played or they could set you right on. You maybe thought something hadn't gone the way you thought it should do. And they could give you that little bit of insight that would make you think, um, sort of think, ah, oh, okay. No, I'd, I'd not, not considered that, you know, the lad who's been banging in the goals for us has had flu all week. Um, and he's he's rolled out of his sick bed to try and give us an hour today that kind of stuff you know it's so yeah it's 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 good it was it was good it was um it was certainly something that all my mates who were 
going to proper stuff didn't get to do you know they would see these guys on the pitch and might see him afterwards if they hung around outside you know the player's entrance in the car park or something yeah uh, but that was about it really whereas you know I, I got to know some of these guys quite well yeah yeah that's great and then as we said you sort of the move into the national league and we're probably skipping on a little bit here but then it sounds like they spent a fair bit of time in the national league or still around the non-league because the yeah when they recently got promoted to the Football League, that was the first time ever. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, they've okay. um, never been that high. Yeah, okay. So they've obviously spent a lot of time in the National League. As we know, particularly now, the National League's really competitive. You know, a, mm. lot of full, a lot of full-time teams and a lot of teams with, you know, huge followings. So mm. was there a... Was there a when, did Sutton, when did that change at Sutton to, like, a full-time outfit? And can you remember when it was like, right, we're going to try and you know, continue to, to progress up the leagues here? Um, that's the funny thing with Sutton. They, they, there was never, you, when you're in the National League these days or any club coming up always has this five-year plan or you, they're ambitious, they want to be in the Football League. So that was never, ever um, said by anyone at Sutton. No, you know, Bruce, the chairman, never said it. The management never said it. It was just we want to. The club always had a, an ambition just to play. At the, they kind of knew their level. We we'll always we always want to play at the highest level of non-league football that we can. Um, and uh, going back to when Paul Doswell took over, he's the guy who was manager when we had the big cup run against Arsenal. He kind of helped modernise the club and the way that the club was working and thinking with player recruitment and training. And that brought the club on so that it was now equal to a lot of other sides around and they were more, way more competitive. But even then, they were still talking about being at what was then the... Because they reorganised all the leagues a few years ago. They, you've now got the, the non-league uh, national north and south and yeah. everything else moved down a level. So you got to the national south and that, that was kind of seen as the top of the, the non-league semi-pro game. And that's kind of where we the club sort of kind of wanted to be but they kind of just it, they got lucky with you know recruitment the team gelled the the, the everything worked um and a, and they had a mass a mental run one year one went unbeaten for 25 games won the title with a couple of weeks to spare and then you're back in the national league what was the old conference and everyone's like, okay well we just want to stay here for as long as we can let's you know it's trying to establish ourselves hmm as a, a good national league side because the difference between that and when we you know last been in it was well, it's 90 full time you've got you know you had clubs of the stature of uh kind of you've got sort of wrecks your rexhams you've got your Notts county uh chesterfield were down uh you know you had sides like that who were three four five thousand regularly at home and it's like well if we can compete with at least on a, a sort of rough par with these guys. Let's see how long we can stick around the National League. Um, and then we had that ridiculous cup run where we ended up playing Arsenal. Um, and I think maybe that kind of just pushed us over the over the cusp of people took us a bit more seriously then as a club, both wanting to play for us and things like that. So recruitment became improved. Um, and then Matt Gray, who's now the manager, replaced Paul Doswell. And yeah, within two, within a season and a bit, he'd found this mix, you know, put a side together and they just, 
they just kept doing it week in, week out. And before you knew it, they'd beaten Hartlepool at home and then were a football league. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? So how how was that as, as a fan who'd only seen them in the non-league? And I know th- there is a bit of... I'm not sure the best way to describe it. Snobbery, maybe about the fo- you know football league and non-league is is I guess how I would oh, absolutely how I see it. So how was that yeah. as a as a fan moving into the football league? Um, yeah. a, a bit strange. I mean, I, I think the first season most people just just enjoy it. We don't know. We, this could be a complete disaster. We you know we we were completely. We only went full time that summer when we won promotion. We, up until then, the team were training three mornings a week. Um, so we were kind of probably the true definition of semi-professional. Um, yeah. And yeah, we went full-time, signed, retained, managed to retain a lot of the squad. And yeah, it was just, oh, let's just enjoy it. You know, we need we need to get, let's just get 50 points. Let's at least stay up for a season. Let's see how, you know, not be the first guys to come straight back down. Um, and just, yeah, it was just mostly spent wandering around, giggling and just wondering <laughs> this we know we, we no one no one thought this would be possible you know it's it's you, you can still ask people today they'd say if you'd have told me 20 10 years ago suddenly night it'll be a football a football league side that i laughed in your face <laughs> and i'd have been one of them yeah i wouldn't have you know said said no to it but no just it no, it's just no. There's just no way you can sustain a, a title challenge against sides with the resources and that that were there at the, that still are there now at the time as well. Yeah, it's just silly. And you mentioned that cup run. Um, so that was the year before, was it? Uh, no, it was two seasons before. Okay, so did they get to? Because was that the? Am I right in thinking that was the? Um, the incident with the pie, the guy who was eating the pie, yeah. Was that the goalkeeper yeah, coach or someone? Yeah, Wayne Shaw on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was our first first season back up in the in back at that level. Um and so we finished about twelfth, thirteenth. Um we had that crazy cut run. Um and that just brought a lot of money, a lot of investment, a lot of eyes on the club and it just seemed to it just seemed to be the thing that kicked us on. Um because we the following year we finished was our best ever finish we finished third um and lost in the playoff semi-finals um and that 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 alone was i mean we we topped the league a couple of that several times that following season and, and that was silly enough mm. following year didn't you know we had a lot of injuries didn't quite pan out we finished 15th does left and that's when matt gray came on board um and he once he got his once he got his feet under the table, they, the oh. the club sort of kicked on from there. Really, amazing. And can you remember then? Um, was there any away games from that first season in the football league that sort of stick out in the memory? Um, yeah, yeah. There's a few. Um, I mean, there was. We got to Wembley in the Papa John's Trophy. Yeah. As well, first time in first time in 41 years. Um, there was the semi-final. That wasn't technically a league game, but there was the semi-final at Wigan, um, which was uh, a bit special, um, winning the shootout. And there was like three, 400 of us there going crazy. Um, and whilst then a few of us had decided to kind of take the day off and just train up and go home the following day. Um, so, yeah, to, we, we were out and we were out considerably late till about half two in the morning in Wigan on a Tuesday night. Jesus. 
found a downstairs bar on the high street that was still open and was quite quite chilled had a good jukebox and there was a load of us all in there just slowly drinking ourselves insensible that was that was that was a cracking night out um and everyone everyone actually all the locals were, were good were good value they were all really you know magnanimous about it they were they were going for the championship so um they were they were quite cool um Oh God, I'm trying to think of any others. Uh, I was going to say you Forest must have been... Green on the first day was good. Oh yeah, well. that was just yeah a little bit. That was a little bit. Yeah, it's just your first game in, and there was uh, about three, four hundred again travelled that day. Um, Equalised and only lost in the last minute. Um, so that was good because it was you know they were a well fancied side that year, went on to win the league. Yeah, and it was kind of like wait right on when we're not a million miles away here. You know if we can get something close to that every week we should be all right and uh yeah so that was a that was a good day out um and uh oldham as well was a bit memorable because i've been to boundary park so many times because of family connections yeah and it's always been as a as a home fan so to to go there as, a, as an as an away fan um with sutton was a bit weird uh and a bit odd yeah <laughs> um and the, the side got a win um, and, and again, a few of us were staying over, so that was another late night out in Manchester <laughs> afterwards. That's great. So you've mentioned that sort of, a, I know you've mentioned the coach earlier on and you've mentioned there sort of getting the train up. So do you have a particular routine for your away days? I know you've said there as well that you've had a couple of overnight stays. Um, yeah, we try and mix it up. It's mostly just train these days. Um, we There's, there's a... A group, a core group of sort of anywhere between five and about fifteen of us, depending on who's around, who's got commitments and stuff. We're all older now, so everyone's got work, families, other stuff to do. Um, but yeah, there's so that little group. We basically just put the the WhatsApp message out: who wants to go to, I don't know, wherever Doncaster in a, in a few weeks? Uh, who's up for the train? Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's somewhere that you know is a bit different or a a little uh, or near a near a, a city that we maybe we've not had a night out in we'll we'll consider uh staying over and just have a night on the tiles afterwards as well for a, for a bit of fun although yeah. not as many times as you used to yeah. well ha- hangovers get worse don't they as you get older yeah it's the uh the, the spending spending all day all day having on beers because everywhere we go we go by train we're always there by 11 to make sure we're there for opening time <laughs> um and we do a few pubs watch the game and then usually usually get to train about seven depending where we are about seven ish half seven home and so it's a couple of pubs afterwards as well a couple of cans on the train home so they're long days yeah. um but uh yeah sometimes then if that then morphs into a night out it, it can be a bit messy <laughs> Have you got a favourite night out that you've had? The favourite town that you visited? Best night out? Oh God, there's there's been some really silly ones. Uh, the two <laughs> I mentioned the two, from the football league. The two I mentioned there, Wigan, Wigan, and um, and Oldham were were, fu- were just fun because they were just a bit off the cuff, and they were both wins, and it was just a good laugh with good company. Uh, but yeah, there was. I mean, when we. Uh, we we first got back up into the Conference South pre-Football League days. There were so many South Coast teams in that division. Yeah. Sort of, you had your Eastbournes. There was Eastbourne, that's Hastings. Uh, you could go and spend, you know, Haven, who were just down the road from Pompey. Uh, you could go to Western Supermare, Weymouth, Dorchester. 
all these places that were relatively close to the seaside so they were all instant uh weekenders so yeah there's been just and uh, that, that sort of mid 2000s period was just a blizzard of just ridiculous weekends away <laughs> and just all sorts of drunken tomfoolery with you know coming back to the the b&b and the lad who went home three hours ago he sat outside on the wall having a cigarette go, what's going on so oh, my key doesn't work and he just walked straight up and open it and what's the problem and it turns out he's trying to get into the 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 B&B next door with his key <laughs> for two hours. Fucking it didn't hell. work. Um, you know, one one night in Western, the last realised we were all down for football, and it was mostly lads. She was like, "Look, I don't care what time you come in. You can be as pissed as you want. Just do not wake me up. That's it. That's the one rule. But don't worry, love. Not a problem. You know, we're not we're idiots. We're not that stupid. <laughs> and of course, one lad came home pissed. Couldn't get his. Couldn't unlock. So he rang the doorbell for twenty minutes, and yeah, she was she was fuming the next morning. It was like, if you think you're getting breakfast, okay, that's fun, Captain. That's incredible. But yeah, oh, so much stuff like that. It just it just just blurs into one. Unfortunately, that's why we that's why we do the blog so we can remind we could remind ourselves of all this stupidity. Living the dream though. As much as following a non-league side in the in the in the six series. <laughs> yeah. So what um then? So how have you found that then? That sort of the move into the football league. Um, it's. I'll be honest. It, I mean, everyone thinks it's a massive jump. It's not huge. The quality, the, the difference in football. Most of the top six, seven in the national league would easily survive that level yeah. uh, there's there's not really a gap uh from what we understand the big gap is the going from league two to league one if you're not a big side um that so the football itself's not been a huge surprise a lot of the grounds we've been to a fair few of the grounds as a national league side or as an old conference team so there weren't a lot of surprises there uh, some places obviously changed over the years and we were kind of used to being segregated as well because uh, a lot of the a lot of the bigger sides do that in the national league, so yeah, it, there wasn't a massive change in what we as fans really experienced. I think the main change was you get followed everywhere by the by the police. Okay, you have you have your designated officers who just you know they're when you're out and about in town having your 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 pre match beer, they're always out and about with the local guys, kind of just keeping an eye on things and stuff like that. You get followed everywhere with that um and there's there's a feeling there's a little bit less tolerance there amongst that for for silliness mm. um but apart from that it's there's not not huge differences um i would have said there was a, a much bigger jump in culture between going from national south to the national sort of five six years several years before right so and have, have you had any sort of hairy moments where you've been in an away town or in a pub at an away day? Or... Surprisingly not. No, we've, um, it's, yeah, I mean, we, we, we've, I, I don't know whether it's just because we are a small club. Um, we're not, we don't travel in massive numbers. Um, you know, we had 
190 something at Mansfield on Saturday, which is a quite a big following for a game of that distance for us. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's to come. You know, as more people get watching us, and we kind of maybe attract a, a kind of a that kind of an element, maybe. But no, we've 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 actually never really had mass, any serious bother with um, with away games. It's, yeah. it's I don't know whether it's just because we tend to move around a lot. We do do. Uh, a few pubs before games because we don't tend to hang out in one spot or mm. we're not the sort to get pissed up and start being Larry and singing in a pub and that kind of stuff. That's not really us. So for my group, it's, we, we've, we've, you know, we've usually been treated fairly, fairly well, to be honest. And, and usually in some places we would have expected to, to, you know, that might be a bit moody, never really got any bother really yeah is is there any is there any places or grounds that you think oh you know can't be fucked going here again it's somewhere that you maybe don't look forward to going to um i do have a i do have a personal list i've called it the eastley list because <laughs> i'm never going back to in eastley again <laughs> um <laughs> Just, it's just a, it's just a pain in the ass to get to, and it's just we've never had record there is shocking. Uh, there's a couple of other places on that, like I don't want to go back to Boreham Wood ever again. <laughs> Why? Um, it's, again, it's, it's and it's that's dead easy for us because we can get on the Thames Link at Sutton, and an hour later you'll be in L Street, so it's really easy to get to. But it's just soulless town. There's nothing there. Every everyone who's they've never had any kind of real supports. There's never any atmosphere there it's a bit of a dead like dead ground to go to um so yeah and again not a great record there um i don't think i've got with that don't think i've got that way with anywhere on the since we've gone up to the football league yet um i'm wavering on barrow i'm not sure i can be bothered to do that again <laughs> not because of anything barrow did it's just millions of miles away that's a long way yeah and and our, we were there a couple of weeks ago, and Northern cancelled our last train out. So there was a mass scramble for all the guys who were on the train to try and uh, purloin as many taxis as we could to get everybody out to Lancaster so that we could make the connection and the last train back to London. Oh God! So yeah, it's going. Oh, I can't be. If we're doing this, if we ever do this again, we're staying in Lancaster. <laughs> Did they at least get the win? No, Drew Neil Neil didn't even have a shot on target. <laughs> what a trip. They're the ones you remember. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. And what about then? Um Well you've mentioned having a couple of places that you you like to visit. Um and I guess moving into the football league's giving you the opportunity to visit a fair few new grounds and different towns. Mm. So is there like a place where you always look out for that fixture first? Um, I don't think so. I, don't, I mean, there was um, everyone was quite keen to go to to Doncaster because we'd never really sort of been sort of out there. A couple of the guys had stayed over when we played Scunny the year before, um, just because they couldn't be bothered with the train home. Um, but we we just never had, had kind of had a day sort of out around the town. Just wanted to see what the place was like. So yeah, that was a good day out. Doncaster was fun. Um, oh, I just want to think what else. Uh, the, Rochdale, 
Rochdale I'm looking forward to because it's the only ground I need to complete the league. I should okay. have done it last year, but I got bloody COVID was around and I got a cold. Oh, no. So it was the, it was the only away game I missed yes, last year. Okay. And it was it was one of the one of the four or five grounds I'd never been to. <laughs> right. So you go in this year? Yep, yep, we'll be going this year. That's our last away game, so I think there's a weekend to plan for that one. Good, so it'll be That's back. That's usually the way. Back out in Manchester. And that'll yep. be and that'll be obviously it's looking likely that they're gonna go down, isn't it? So yep. last, yeah, last last opportunity to get there. Pretty much, yeah. There's a few people who were rumming and ahhing of in the last couple of weeks of plumped for going up for that one, just simply because yeah they're in they're in a lot of trouble. So it's like we don't know when they'll be back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just people want to get their tick. Yeah. Does Sutton have like a a local rival? Um. Yeah. Yeah. We got just again because where we are, sort of London suburbs, is tons of little other clubs who were similarly sized to us at the time. Um, nearest rivals. Geography-wise, is Carl Shorten. They're in the same borough as us. Uh, they're still in the uh, Isthmian Prem. So level, what's that now? Level seven. Um, you know, Tooting for a while in the 80s were a big rival as well. Um, they're in a lot of trouble this year. They're about to go into the county leagues by the look of it. So, um, And yeah, we've had, we've had sort of little uh, rivalries with, guys like Kingstonian and Bromley and stuff when the others weren't around uh, Dulwich as well a little bit mm. so so yeah there's this that was always a good thing with with that with being in the Isthmian League your, your Christmas was always home Christmas and New Year's Day was always home and away with whoever was nearest to you so it was generally Coshulton or someone like Tooting or, or Dulwich yeah so it was dead easy to get to even though there were no trains you could just all, all pile in a cab for a tenner and or walk down as in the case of Coshulton <laughs> yeah okay but no one's sort of like a fierce rival I'd Look. say probably fans of my era Kosh, hate Coshulton right. because that's who was in the league when we in around at that time we have most of the and they, and they had their kind of best spell sort of uh, late 80s early 90s okay um so that's kind of when they were really competitive against us um the guys who are a little bit older than me think look at tooting more that way um because tooting again tooting with the guys from the sort of 70s and 80s who were one of the big local amateur sides and carl shorten were a couple of divisions below and then nowadays, it's all the all the younger lads who go nowadays, um, sort of in their sort of late teens, early twenties. It's all Bromley, right? Because they've ne- they've never seen us play Carl Shorten or yeah. or t- or two teams. So those rivalries mean absolutely nothing to them. So <laughs> so yeah, it cha- it changes. It just uh, because we've moved around so much, and other clubs have as well. It's it it tends to be quite cyclical. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned there then the run to Wembley in the the Papa John's Trophy. Mm. So was that your first experience of going to Wembley to watch Sutton? Was that? Did you say that was the yeah. first time in forty years? Yeah, because uh, the season I started going was the season after they got to the FA Trophy final at Wembley against Bishop Stortford. So typical. Started watching a team the year after they went to Wembley. <laughs> 
Um, seen as losing two trophy semi-finals over the years, you know, get stumped in second legs when you were 90 minutes yeah. away and that kind of stuff. So yeah, that was my the first time I'd ever I'd ever seen us uh, sort of at Wembley um, as a as a fan. Um, pretty much since day one. <laughs> yeah, and how was that? So, um, I, I kind of just went along to. I wanted us to win, but it was look, it's a free hit. They were at the top of League One, Rotherham. They were going for you know a league title. They should be trying to get into the championship. So you think, well, it's a free hit. Let's just don't just let's not just turn up and get thumped because then it's just a it's a crap day out. Let's at least put up a a bit of a show um, and got within sixty seconds of bloody winning it oh. and conceded a ninety six minute equaliser. Oh. And um, yeah, and then we 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 were out. We we were just out on our feet. We just given it everything, and they just pulled away from us an extra time. Which people weren't. Everyone was kind of up, disappointed, but not heartbroken by it, because you know we we couldn't have given any more on the day. The lads had given everything, um, and and yeah, we all went back to the club afterwards. And you'd have thought we'd have won the bloody thing. <laughs> place place just was yeah, just rammed. Yeah, round to the gills. Everyone was on tables dancing, getting drunk, singing, enjoying <laughs> themselves. And yeah, so yeah, we'd probably burn the place down if we would have actually won it. <laughs> Were the, did the players come back to that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They 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 all they all walked in because um, we'd stopped off in London to have a pint on the way back just to kind of get a breather. And um, we got back just as the coach had pulled up. So all the lads had gone into the changing room to dump all their gear. And as we came in through the back part of the bar, they came through from the changing rooms through the other side. And everyone was a bit... You could see it on the, in their faces. Everyone was obviously gutted. They'd, they'd not been able to see it through. But the, they had to basically just literally push through throngs of people to get into the bar. And everyone's, you know... Everyone's, you know, singing, giving them a big cheer and just, you know, welcoming them and just trying to cheer them up. And you could see sort of, you know, smiles were soon back on within a couple of minutes of all the boys being there. So yeah. it was, um, it was, that was, that was a good night. So yeah. even despite the result, it was a good night. Yeah, it sounds it. So, and, and what about that, that cup run that you mentioned as well, then did that give you the opportunity to go to any bigger grounds? Or I know they had a couple of big games at home, didn't they? Um, yeah, it was mostly at home. Um, we didn't really get to travel much, and then the one again, the one away game we got was a replay against AFC Wimbledon, <laughs> which is which is twenty minutes away on the on the Thames Link from outside our ground. Um, but I mean, that was that was a brilliant night. So we, we won there three one, late winner, um, and then it was kind of as everyone was drifting away in you know all euphoric that we've got. We knew already knew the winners were playing Leeds at home on the telly. Um, everyone was drifting away and it just there was just loads of text messages going around and it was um, the manager at the time, Doz, and the, uh, Bruce, the chairman, basically went, right, it's only Kingston, we're only in Kingston, everyone back to the club. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, everyone just cabs, buses, everyone just got on trains back to, back to Sutton and it just went on all night, literally all night. And that was a replay. Um, yeah, so that was the third round replay. That was so it would have been a Tuesday or a Wednesday night, I'm guessing. Yeah. And you, yeah. You, so when you go back to the club, what where are you going into? Is it like a clubhouse? 
Uh, yeah, you just come up the driveway off the main road. We've got a moderate car park. Um, main stand's kind of in front of you as you walk past the main turnstiles. And then off the back of the stand is the sort of the, the, the clubhouse, really. And there's like two or three bars in there like of varying sizes. Right. So it was everyone, um, everyone back there and it went on all night. Oh, it was carnage. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, I, I, I left at half one. Um, it was still going strong then. <laughs> I just, I'd like, I'd, I'd not long started. I'd started a new job in or in the August, and I'd had to take sort of odd bits of time off just to do different bits and pieces because we were so overwhelmed. Certainly going in, and it got even worse afterwards with with people. There was real interest about it at the games. Everyone's trying to relive that Coventry stuff, so the club couldn't do it. So they were basically throwing people like me in front of, uh, you know, oh. BBC Surrey wants to talk to someone. Oh, I'll talk to Dan or <laughs> one of the lads who does the blog, who used to do the blog with me, uh, Tots. He he was the same. He did a he did a song for the cup run. All right. So of course that got him on the radio, a local radio. So yeah, we started getting thrown in. So I'm having to dip away from work. So these guys were wondering what the hell was going on. So I was like, I've, I've, I've got to go. I've got to get. I'm, I'm in work tomorrow. I can't phone in sick. They know I've been to a game. <laughs> They all know we're on a cup run. We know they know it was a third round replay. I've, I've, if I turn up looking like I've just dropped out of a dog's ass, that's fine. I just have to show up. And I was no use to man or beast that following day. Just just sat at my desk, just feeling like garbage. An occasional clip round here. Do you all right, Dan? No. Yeah. Lots, no. Lots of coffee. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's amazing so and then so even then when Sutton have moved up into the football league and you've got to the Papa John's trophy final I appreciate that that cup run was a couple of seasons before but it still like it still sounds like fans and the relationships you had with the club and the players were sort of still there yeah that's something the club have really are really keen to just keep hold of they really want to keep that off the pitch, we are still pretty non-league in the way that we're we operate. It's changing because we have to. Um, you know, the EFL insist on certain things like we had to appoint a, a CEO. Uh, we have to have things like support liaison officers. Yeah, we have to have a full-time sort of uh, secretary um, to deal with all the the, 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 the fixtures and the, uh, the the contract side of things. Um, you know, you have to you basically have to professionalize not only on the pitch, but completely off of it. But we are still heavily relying in a lot of ways on volunteers um, because that's, that's the way we've always run. Um, and it'll change over time, sadly, because in some ways, in some areas it has to, but the club are really keen to keep that kind of um, close knit thing with the, sort of make the fans still feel involved you know matt's matt the manager's really bought into it he's he's really into that he wants his you know he, the players he signs he signs characters yeah. signs guys for he always meets the player a player before he signs them and if he doesn't get the right vibe from them he won't he won't do the deal so you know he's got, he wants guys who are just gonna you know be a unit work as a unit be a team and he he wants those guys as well to kind of pass that on to the fans and and, and they're, 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 they're trying to, you know, they're desperately trying to keep hold of that, that kind of vibe around the place. Um, so far they've managed it. Um, 
Aid Barry, our CEO, still after every game, we have this prize draw called Strikers a Key, um, where you have 50 syndicates, they all put 40 quid a, a week in, um, and it generates money for the club. But what they do is they take 250 pounds a week um, from that those funds and they throw it, basically accumulate it in a safe. Um, and every every week after a home game, they draw a ball, one of the 50 balls out. Whoever's ball gets to pick one of four keys and they try and open the, open the safe for the money inside. If they don't get the money, it rolls over, 250 quid. You get a 50 quid uh, booby prize if you don't do it. So yeah, it goes up by 250 every home game. Uh, if a striker scores, they add another 50 quid to the pot as well. Um, and Aid, our CEO, has been doing that well, it must be five, six years now. Um, and it is basically him in in the players' bar afterwards, stood on a chair in the middle of the bar, his little safe on a table next to him. He has a yellow sequin jacket on. Um, play, basically alerts everyone to this this nonsense. He's going to start by playing this little... He's got a child's accordion that he plays. <laughs> And he's got the loudest voice in the world and he's bellowing out across the bar and they do this draw every, every home game and he's our CEO. And the amount of times we've had, we've had guys who knew us from our old, like the old non-league days and haven't been back. We got to know a couple of guys from the, the, the cup run, like in the press. And they came back to kind of, what, what happened to little old Sutton after that big cup run? Remember them? All oh, there in the football league now doing stuff like that. And um, they just stood in the bar going, I can't believe you're still doing this. It's, it's still the same madhouse it was five years ago. And what, what's Aid do now? Oh, he's just the CEO. That's incredible. I mean, we played, we played Bristol Rovers last year in the league. And uh, while this was going on, Strikers Key Draw was on. Joey Barton walks in the bar, <laughs> took one look, went, oh, fuck's going on here? <laughs> just turned on his heels and just left. <laughs> just, I, I, I don't want to ask. I, I don't want to know. That's amazing. And that must be, particularly, you know, again, looking at full-time clubs, that must be pretty unique. And I guess really, really special, yeah. as, a, as, a, really special as a fan to be able to have that interaction with the players and i know you said that the current current manager looks for particular characters so it sounds yes. like it sounds like the players need to be able to embrace that yeah it's i mean he, he insists home games that everyone comes in for into the players bar for a drink afterwards whether that's a pint of guinness and black or it's just a soft drink because they've got a you know commute home um it's you know they're, they're there for that draw that's kind of their thing they come in a few minutes before uh, just so everyone can say hello and just catch up with the, with the team. And some of the guys have been around for a few years now, like Harry Butyman. Um, we've, we've had him, he's been with us a couple of times now. We had him when he was 17, 18. He went away, had a bit of a career in the lower leagues and has come back to us. Craig Eastman's been with us since the Conference South days, our captain, um, former Arsenal junior. Um, so yeah, there's just, there's, you know, uh, Jason Goodliffe, our assistant manager, he played for us um, sort of 10, 12 years ago. His son now plays for us as well as a centre-back. So, yeah, there's a lot of continuity there of just people we've had. And you get to know these guys and just get to know them a bit more as, as people and not just just not just not those lads who, you know, pull on a shirt and, and draw a wage every week. Yeah, that's great. I think it's great. 
like I said, it's. I think as a player, well, as as well, it would be fantastic to have that relationship with the fans. It's not going to happen, is it, at a higher level? You know. Yeah, it's it's just it's just I suppose it's economy of scale, really. Um, if if you're a, a a big sort of a relatively big league two, like a Brad, someone like Bradford who are getting seventeen, eighteen thousand in League Two, you're not going to get that because it's just not physically possible. You know, it's it's. It, Whereas at our place, you still get the same sort of, still sort of five, eight thousand, thousand people hanging around afterwards for a pint, and it's um, it, and because it's such a small, such a small footprint and site that you know everyone's mingling and that's what there is. So, so yeah, it's, it's will it stay that way? Yeah, it's hard to say, but the, the club really want to try and keep it though, just purely because. That's what makes us us, really. Yeah, I think that's great. Okay, then, and I guess just to maybe finish off is is think about that. Then think about the future. As a as a Sutton fan, do you have any sort of aspirations? Or what do you hope for in terms of moving forward as as a fan, as a spectator? Do you want to sort of keep progressing? Do you do you ever feel like yeah, it would be amazing to be in? you know, League One or the championship where you, you're visiting bigger and bigger grounds and the club is, you know, earning more money or or, or do you um, feel like, actually, I prefer, it, I prefer it where we are. I know I've spoken to a Wimbledon fan who actually there's a lot they miss about the non-league days. Yeah, I, again, I can see that. Um, there's there's aspects that you do miss of those days um it's just you know the ease of ease of just going to a game and just paying on a turnstile for example you just can't do that in league two you have to buy tickets in advance be it on the on the day you have to go to a ticket booth buy a ticket just to scan it in um so yeah there's those are simpler times is probably the best way to put it um yeah there's there's aspects you miss but also going forward it's i think the club at the moment is still trying to keep its head out of the clouds. Uh, it's a very much a let's every every season is let's get to 50 points. Let's make sure that we are here next year. That is what we need to do to ensure it. Because the longer we're here, there's for a club of our size, it's there's money. You know, we get a million quid for being in the EFL. Uh, just as you know, as our share of the the payments, which is, you know, and until a few years ago, the club didn't even turn over a million pounds. Yeah, you know, it's that kind of jump in scale. So, the longer we're here, the more we can develop what we have. You know, even if it comes, you know, five six years down the line, it, it comes to an end and we end up back in the national league. You know the place, the ground will be unrecognizable. We'll hopefully have better facilities, better structure, um, and just be able to be doing more. Um, you know, we we like to think of ourselves as a community club, so we'll be able to do more just because of that. That scale will be bigger. Yeah, it'd be lovely to do what Yeovil and Burton, the likes of them, have done, and get into League One and have a, a sniff at the Championship, maybe. Mm. Um, but if we don't, it's it's not the end of the world. Um, it'd be fun as a fan, but yeah. from a club perspective, I don't think it's it's not the be all and end all. Yeah, 
it's just you know let's let's keep being competitive and if it happens same as what happened in the national league be competitive and you never know i mean we missed out on the playoffs last year by a point on the last day so with a with a points total that hadn't missed out on the playoffs for about 20 years so it's you know you never know no so you just take take it as it comes i think I, I, I don't think we want to make jumping too far too quickly because I think the club are still catching up off the pitch. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And is, is there end then, I know we touched on the players before, so has there been like a signing where you've thought, bloody hell, we've signed, you know, he's come from, he's played loads of games at a higher level, you know, what is he going to think of coming into the, the bar afterwards and seeing seeing the CEO up on a table? Yeah. <laughs> um... I don't think we've had any huge, what you would call big recognisable signings. Um, I mean, going back to Craig Eastman, our skipper, he started at Arsenal under Arsene Wenger. He's got, well, I think it's five or six. I think it's he won the Youth Cup with them. Um, he got five or six Champions League appearances as well while he was there. Right. So you know, he's he's played at a, a serious level. Um, and he joined us in Conference South because, you know, he just couldn't settle anywhere else afterwards. Um, so, yeah, I'd, 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 I've often wondered what he made of coming into this complete madhouse of a club and, um, you know, going from Champions League nights to playing Chelmsford away and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, maybe that will come in the future. But, yeah, so far we haven't made any... Any massive signings of uh, who, who you might think, bloody hell, what's he doing here? <laughs> Not and yet, all, anyway. And did all the players behave themselves, you know, after the final? And did they behave themselves in the players' bar afterwards? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were given because it was on the Sunday. They were given a couple of days off, I think. So a couple, a couple <laughs> celebrated it. It was the same when we won the national. It was the same when we won the national league. Um, the the. It was a, it was a, yeah, it was a proper party. Um, that one, that one was because that was our first game because it was a COVID season. We hadn't been in the ground all season, so right, yeah. we literally got back in the stadium for the day we won the national league. So yeah, there's all this social distancing going on afterwards, <laughs> just a, a, a bit, just a little bit inebriated. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, listen, I think we'll we'll leave it there. It's been really interesting talking to you, Dan. Thanks so much. I think. Cheers. Yeah, it's it's great to hear what it's been like following Sutton from sort of who have you know predominantly been in the non-league while you've been watching them, yep. but also re- really interesting to hear how you found sort of the move into into the higher leagues. And I'll certainly be be watching out for their results moving forward. They're doing fairly well this season, aren't they? Just outside the playoffs at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Had a, started started with a load of injuries at the start of the season so we were kind of up to Christmas we were slogging for every point um, but we got a few back we had a really good run into the new year and probably might miss out I think when I don't think we're scoring enough goals it's been a bit of a problem all season so we might just miss out again this year but again we're safe we're here again next year um, Matt seems to have his head screwed on he knows what he wants he knows who he wants yeah. Um, so I don't know. Hopefully we'll be have another little tickle at it next year and maybe third time lucky. Yeah. So what away days have you got left this season, Rochdale? Uh, we've got Rochdale away. Um, 
We had Mansfield on Saturday. Got Walsall on Saturday. Um, God, I think it's just actually, I think it's just Walsall and uh, oh Bradford as well on okay. uh, Easter Monday. Right, so you're going to which, the that, which, should be good that one then, yeah. Yeah, they're 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 obviously up there in the playoffs as well, so it'll be a good game. And I'm guessing there'll be some ridiculous attendance there. Of, I mean, it was what. Well, when we went last year, it was like 17,000. That's incredible, isn't it? It's just, you know, for someone who started out watching a club in front of 500 people for a league game, that's just ridiculous numbers. So I'm, I'm sure I'm sure that'll be near 20 when we're there. Yeah. Which awesome. Is just, yeah. Perfect. Well, enjoy those trips. Um, like I said, I hope it all, goes, hope it all goes well. And, and thanks again very much for, for coming on. My pleasure. Cheers for having us on. Thank you.